Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Strongly Connected Components, episode 55, brought to you by AcmeScience.com. On this episode, I talk with the two co-founders and the two current directors of the EDGE program. EDGE is a program that is all about building the next generation of women leaders in mathematics. And we talk about how the program started, where the program has been, where it is right now, and where it is going. So really, just all about EDGE. Oh, and then I also solicit ideas for one way that we could make mathematics a more inclusive subject today. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Strongly Connected Components. I am your host, Samuel Hansen, and joining me on the show today uh, for, I, I think, the first time we have we have four people at once. We have the founders and the current directors of the EDGE program. Uh, and I want to welcome you all to the show and also I was hoping that you could uh, please introduce yourself, uh, yourselves to my listeners so that they can, you know, really tie the sound of your voice to your name. Okay, this is Sylvia Bozeman. I'm one of the founders of the EDGE program from Spelman College. And I'm Rhonda Hughes, the other co-founder, and I'm a professor emerita at Bryn Mawr College. And I'm Amy Radinskaya. I'm one of the current directors of the EDGE program. I'm at Pomona College in Claremont, California. And I'm Eureka Wilson, one of the current directors of the EDGE program, and I am at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so, uh, Rana, starting with you, uh, could you give me a little bit of an explanation of, of what the EDGE program is? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, there's a little history. Sylvia and I met in the early 1990s, and we were both chairs of um, liberal arts women's college math departments, and we had a lot of common interests and concerns, and we started a a summer research program for undergraduate women, and that was called the Spelman Bryn Mawr Summer Mathematics Program. And we ran that for four years, and we had women who showed potential in mathematics but were not even necessarily uh, majoring in math. They were rising sophomores and juniors, and they did a summer research project, and we ran that for four years, and the results were quite wonderful now that we have many years away from that. That was in, ran from 1992 to 1994. But after that program ran out, we realized that one of the things we were most concerned about was what, what was happening to our wonderful undergraduate women who decided to go on to graduate school in mathematics. And they often hit a lot of roadblocks when they started, even though they'd been superb students as undergraduates, the culture of graduate school and the demands of graduate school were sometimes a shock to them and we were not at all happy with what was happening to our our students so we talked about having a bridge program for women who had decided to go to graduate school in mathematics but we felt could benefit from some extra support so we tried for 
a few years to get that funded and finally had a wonderful program director at the National Science Foundation, Lloyd Douglas, who shepherded our project through and got us some funding. So in 1998, we had the first EDGE program, and at that time it alternated between Bryn Mawr and Spelman Colleges. Sylvia, you want to take over now and <laughs> carry on from that? Well, let's see. So we, uh, as Rhonda said, we were looking actually at some of our own students from the uh, to these two women colleges who were in graduate school and were dropping out for what we thought were non-academic reasons. This, we thought that students were well-prepared and still they were not being able to be successful in graduate school. So we tried to figure out what some of the uh, issues are and were and, and still are, actually, and build those into a mentoring program with a summer uh, component. And we started in 1998, uh, four weeks, a four-week summer session, and uh, then tried to follow them on into graduate school. And so that program has evolved, really, until now we, we, we see the students from one degree to another. At the beginning, we thought we were just helping them to get through that first year of graduate school and to go back for the second. But later on, we realized that we had to follow them on until they got the, the degree that they were uh, set, set on. And so the program, one of the... One of the um, Foundation, a part of the philosophy of that program has been uh, the diversity of the program, and we have tried to have a, about half and half of underrepresented students and um, those who are not underrepresented according to NSF guidelines. That, that's been um, a hallmark of the program, both in the students and in the faculty and staff of the students. So we have tried to create, with the EDGE program, a community that mentors and supports the students from one degree to the next. So I think uh, Rhonda and I uh, retired a few years ago, and we tried. To, we invited Amy and Eureka to take over the leadership, and they agreed, and we were delighted. So they have can probably tell you more about uh, how the program is going at this point. Uh, Amy and Eureka, what... Uh, what was your what did edge mean for you uh, like what was what was uh, your interaction with it before uh, you you came on as co-directors um, well I'll start I this I I was uh, a faculty member in the original edge program in 1998 teaching real analysis Rhonda and Sylvia asked me to come do that for a couple weeks and I just I came back every year as a faculty person or and then as a local director so I hosted the program at my school in 2003 now I'm the director it's not really as fun as as teaching but it's still <laughs> it's still very rewarding and I came in in 1999 so I started graduate school in 1997 and so the program wasn't in play, but I was asked to come in 1999 as a graduate mentor. The summer component always has three graduate mentors who are current graduate students, and I did that once, and I kept coming back along with mentoring students who were entering graduate programs. I was being mentored by people like Amy, Sylvia, Summer, um, I think was sort of 
pivotal in me not only completing graduate school but really thriving and understanding what my opportunities and options were even beyond graduate school. As a director now, I'm really, really mindful of what the program did for me and in as many ways as possible formalizing the things that Rhonda and Sylvia did for me so that, you know, even more edge participants, I, even though I wasn't a participant as a student, I was a part of the program so much that, you know, I feel like I got more than I gave. So we're, Amy and I, I think, are really focused on that legacy that Rhonda and Sylvia started continuing. Absolutely. You mentioned a, a word in there, uh, specifically mentor and mentoring, which uh, seems to be kind of the core at the at the heart of what edge is what what is the kind of importance of mentoring why why is that something that there is uh, such focus on well because i think graduate school and even beyond graduate school academia the culture of mathematics is really really wacky and most of us come from a different you know wacky and not this wacky um <laughs> And so at any opportunity that people can talk to you about your experiences, trying to set up expectations and interpret people's reactions and experiences, the more likely it is that you're able to, you know, sort of understand the framework and persist and succeed in the discipline. Without a doubt, I think that's the feedback we get most regularly is the opportunity for EDGE participants to interact with women that are more senior than them, women who are where they want to be, and different types of women so that they see multiple paths of opportunities to be successful. I think that's sort of the key piece, and all of that is mentoring to me, that sort of level of exposure and a community where you can discuss what's going on in your own particular graduate school or um, even professional situation. Yeah. And I think what's uh, another very important part of EDGE program is this sort of vertically tiered mentoring. So everybody's mentoring someone a level below them, above them, as far as seniority. And, you know, Rhonda and Sylvia mentored me, and and I mentor other people, and they mentor each other, and it, it's very interwoven community structure. Going into mathematics, for me, I mean, it, it seemed it seemed kind of a, a general easy thing. I'm a, I'm a white guy. There's, there's a lot of uh, examples uh, for me to look to of all of the different... Uh, paths uh, to go down. There's also a, a kind of that built-in network structure uh, that you were mentioning. What sort of effects does not not having those visual, not having those, those clear examples of paths to go down and not, not having that built-in network have, have two people who are, who are not like me, who are not just white guys going into this field that is admittedly rather dominated by males and specifically white males? Because the graduate, because the mathematics community is so much dominated by white males, sometimes it's difficult for students to integrate, become integrated into that community in the, in the graduate departments. So one of the things that, that the EDGE program, I think, provides is to, to help students find their way into those departments. The first, 
one, the first thing we do is try to help them anticipate the challenges that they will face if they go in. Uh, we try to help them to determine what their strengths and weaknesses are so they can have a plan for how they want to address those, those weaknesses. And then once they get into those departments, to try to help them to figure out how they are going to integrate themselves into, uh, become integrated into the Department of Community. And so that can be quite a challenge for students who are not a part of the, the, the culture, to figure out that culture and, and to figure out how they can understand it and become a part of it and yet retain their own identities and their own values. Yeah, one of the things that I've thought about a lot, I guess since I retired, is what it is about the mathematics community that is so difficult for some people to navigate, and I think not having role models is certainly one of those, although I'll bet that at least Sylvia and I were probably mentored by kind, visionary white men. <laughs> so um, yeah. I think, you know, there, there weren't people around to mentor us who were women or people of color. So I don't think we want to say that white men can't be great mentors, but the thing that I've sort of learned since I've had a little time after retirement is this whole idea from the social psychologists, I've sort of been paying attention to what they say about growth mindset, Carol Dweck and Angela Duckworth. And I think for me, that's sort of become the key. Mathematicians do not have growth mindset. They believe that you, well, not all mathematicians, but I would say the majority of mathematicians, they believe it's something that you've got or you don't have, and they stand ready to make that judgment very quickly when you enter graduate school. And one of the things, I guess one of the shapes that mentoring takes, at least for me, is to be there to tell these young women that you don't have to have the same profile as everyone else. You might be slower than the other people in your class, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Growth Mindset says that, you know, if you work hard and persevere at something, you can still learn it. Um, Khan Academy has the hashtag, you can learn anything. So I think mathematicians don't really view students in quite that way. They like to get rid of them quickly, and many of them will say, you know, we like to, you know, sort of save people the trouble of wasting their young years doing this when they're not really cut out for it. And we have shown, I think, time and time again that with the right kind of encouragement and telling somebody at a low moment, you can do this, you've done it before, and it's not about, you know, you have the innate ability. You just didn't know as much going in as some of your other fellow students. So I think for, for me, that's kind of the shape that mentoring has is to talk these young women through that point. Anyway, that's something I've yeah. learned. And I think it's really, it's especially important, you know, this growth mindset when you're, if you're the only woman or the only black person in your graduate program, or maybe the only U.S. citizen or something, you know, mm -hmm. you, you feel like you don't belong already. And then you get so many cues that, that reinforce that that you need to you need to be reminded all the time from your your group outside your edge network that no you do belong and you can do it and maybe you you look different and you maybe you even communicate differently than than the people around you but you can do it just as well as they can and we've actually seen that 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 is true that is what yeah. happens that yeah. women who came into edge quite you know, spectacular in their undergraduate years, but severely lacking in confidence, have absolutely soared in very demanding graduate programs and finished and become 
superstars, not that everyone has to be a superstar, but, you know, the, the people you might, that the average mathematician would bet on are not the people from EDGE who have succeeded. They would bet wrong, in my, in my opinion. I, I would guess that most mathematicians would bet incorrectly. So one thing I've learned from this, I've been very humbled by who do we bet on. I mean, I've never really been of the mindset that we bet on only certain people, but I've learned a lot watching who succeeds in EDGE, and mm-hmm. there are just phenomenal surprises about who succeeds and not ones that any of us, I don't think, initially would have guessed, but we're better at that now. So they've, they've taught us about who can succeed. As they've taught us, we would like to share that with other people, with departments, with graduate departments, because we can see that graduate departments often look at GRE scores and academic preparation, and we have learned that those are not, those, the academic preparation alone is just not an indicator of success in graduate school. One thing that... That does get talked about a lot. There's a lot of talk of of the cultural uh, issues that affects, uh, say, women in mathematics. But one thing that doesn't seem to be talked about as much are the uh, structural uh, issues that that can come up that can uh, cause some initial uh, struggle, say, when you when you start grad school. I was, I was hoping one of you might be able to uh, talk a little bit of these structural problems that uh, do affect uh, minorities and women when they go into the mathematical disciplines. Yurika, <laughs> I guess I don't know exactly what you mean by structural. I'm, family mm-hmm. comes to mind and schedules and de- home demands. Is that? That, uh, but also the, um, uh, at least from some of the things I was uh, reading there, uh, some, some of the uh, colleges that they may go to uh, have not, it, do not have the, you know, deepest, like, top-level uh, mathematical undergraduate programs as well and things like that, too. Or if they're not familiar with the school and never had a graduate from that school. Or maybe they have to program. take take exams right away right. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, so I mean, I, I think this reminds me of what something I call fit, finding the right graduate school that fits you. And part of that is your background and stuff. So, yeah, there's, there are graduate programs where you come in right away and there's sort of this weeding out in the first year. And so those are probably not programs that are best suited to students that came from departments where that didn't have graduate programs. And, I mean, you know, I just think there are some departments here in the United States that are not prepared to train students who got undergraduate training in the United States and sort of that disconnect and having the opportunity to sort of train strong students who are willing to learn who may still need the, you know some time to learn some real analysis and algebra they're sort of missing the mark yeah i think i think that the sort of demands of some departments that you you know, do certain things very quickly and that you hit the ground running does kind of adversely affect the population that we're dealing with. And one of the things we've tried to do over the years, and I think been pretty successful at, is to intervene at times, get students a second chance or a third chance, because, you know, programs that have that very unforgiving attitude are going to just tend to make judgments very quickly. And I think I think Amy and Yurik have done this a lot, persuaded students to change programs. If, and that's almost unheard of in mathematics, at least 
you know, in my experience, when somebody doesn't do well, they usually vanish without a trace and do something different. But there have been numerous examples of students who have left one program and found another that, as Eureka said, is a better fit and gone on to do, you know, quite well and finish. And I, I don't know, I don't think we've mentioned yet, but there have been 56 PhDs so far from the EDGE program, and many, many more still in the pipeline. So it's, a, it's something we're very proud of. But I think we work against the structure, and if there's any way we can, we try to educate the departments a little bit, although that sounds very horrible. But we, we at least try to intervene on behalf of the student to, if she's willing to you know, make sure she has the chances she needs, and departments are often willing to do that, and sometimes they're not. So that's not a program for her, if that's the case. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that, you know, so what Sylvia said is, is a part of the EDGE mission maybe is to spread our, our ideas and disseminate them into the institutions. And one way we've tried to do that a little bit is to, we move the program around every summer, so it you know, just the presence of the program in these different places might sort of seep out. We also try to get uh, faculty from different kinds of places and talk to people. And and also, as Rhonda says, if something happens, we've been known to to call people up at that place and and yell at them or or go you know visit the place and you know, encourage someone to switch programs. And we're gradually finding, kind of identifying programs, you know, get their the sense of their personalities so we can direct students to places where they will succeed. I see the I see the the our dream was always to, to help change the mathematics culture a little bit and I kinda see it happening happening in very minuscule ways, granted. Uh, so, Rhonda and Sylvia, uh, how how have you seen the uh, Edge program change since you since you started, and what what that impact that, that you mentioned? What impact have you have you seen from it? Uh, the first changes that uh, came after after our first year, we 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 brought together. We wanted to have a diverse program, and so we brought together four black students, four white students that first summer. And we quickly realized that we could get diversity in numbers, but we cannot, could not create a community by just bringing these students together. And so we had to address quickly the idea of how do you create community in a group of diverse people. And we actually had to bring in a sociologist to help us by the, the second summer to help students bridge the conversations and so we've seen out of that and, and our growth and understanding the importance of the social aspects, we've seen a community of people grow. We've seen the, when, you, when you, students come to the EDGE program, you know, they don't leave. They just become a part of a, of a growing community. And that community, somebody said earlier, talked about how, I think Angel talked about how the students mentor each other and how we mentor them. It has become a, a mentoring community that students continue to reach back into during the time that they are in graduate school, and even after they leave, they, they use the edge community to 
provide them support as young faculty members or young mathematicians. And also they come back and give back to it and mentor the other students. So we've really seen the growth of a community among uh, a diverse group of people. So I guess that's, that's one of the ways I've seen it change. And many of the students now, I mean, when we started out with, you know, eight eight women sitting in a, quietly sitting in a room, and, you know, we're sort of, what do we do? <laughs> it was it was a very different scenario from now where we have all these young women who have taken leadership positions in the community, and they do tend to want to be leaders. I mean, there's those who have faculty positions, and most of them who get PhDs do, although not all clamor to host the program. You know, they would love to have Edge at their institution or, you know, they start programs of their own. The thing I'm most proud of is, is sort of what the community looks like. I mean, the the differences have sort of just disappeared over time and the need for intervention, helping people, you know, across racial or cultural lines it d- doesn't seem to be much of an issue at all anymore, at least in my observation. And so EDGE is an extremely unique program, and I think it's the only program that I know of that doesn't separate underrepresented groups. But everyone, in some sense, is out of their comfort zone because there, there are no majorities in the program. And every, you know, there'll be someone from a large school, there'll be someone from a tiny, tiny school, you know, different socioeconomic backgrounds. So I think it's really unique in that way, and I think that's its real strength, at least the thing I'm most proud of about it. I think we were trying to create a community, trying to change the whole mathematics community and create a community where if you walk into a room and it's a committee of mathematicians, if they all look the same way, you, you would feel like something's wrong. You know, you just <laughs> instinctively, you may not know what it is, but you would feel like something is wrong. And I think that we have, our students feel that way. They feel like, okay, there's no diversity here. They might eventually, you know, hit upon that, that that's the problem with that room. You know, whereas before that would have been a fine. And so I hope that we're creating a, a community of mathematicians that feel that way. Hmm. And it sort of changes what your view of success is. I mean, there, there are departments, and I'm thinking of a particular department, so I actually have an example in my head. But, you know, most of the graduate students, there are hardly any U.S. citizens or students from, you know, American universities in the program, and they tend not to want to accept students from U.S. universities because, at least at the beginning, they don't think they're as strong. And they put out many PhDs, but none of them, almost none of them get jobs at, US, at institutions here, they don't get faculty jobs. They'll go back home or go into industry, and maybe that's fine. But I see that kind of program as a complete, I mean, that's not a success. I mean, the, the edge women, even though they've come from tiny places, they, they may not go to first-tier graduate programs, but they, they get academic jobs, and some of them get extremely good academic jobs and NSF graduate fellowships. And they're extraordinary. So to me, the, the whole view of what's successful is just very you know, sort of wrong-headed in some of these departments, and I think there are a lot of departments like that. I mean, your program is not a success. <laughs> you, don't, you know, this is not a good program. You know, what are your goals with this program? I mean, help these people get academic jobs, diversify your student body. That doesn't seem to happen very much, and we would have liked to have seen that happen more. It, it happens at some institutions, but not. I think there are a lot of 
a lot that are untouched by what we have done. Amy and Eureka, uh, what what do you kind of see uh, as far as the future goes? Like going forward, what are your plans as as directors of Edge? Well, one one thing that we're seeing that now we have these women getting their PhDs and and becoming professional mathematicians is we want to support their ability to achieve whatever they want to achieve. So we're starting to put some energy into forming research collaborations, get people published, speaking at the national conferences, supporting ongoing you know, research development, that kind of thing. That's one direction we're going in. That's right. We're just sort of, as everybody's growing up, following the mentoring sort of continues and sort of there's new aspects to address. I mean, this time of the year, I'm probably on the phone with edgers that are actually uh, quite a bit with edgers that are completing their PhD as they're sort of navigating through the job search and actually navigating through job offers. So our edgers get lots of job offers and sort of navigating those things becomes this new problem to work on. And I think, once again, is the example of having a senior person to give you some feedback, you know, people who are on selection committees that know what some of the ways to navigate through it, it becomes really, really important. And then once, like Amy said, they do accept the position and start on their path, we want to hear from them about what can we do to support you, what would be helpful. And, you know, because wherever they go, they sort of create edge environments. I mean, we see this in graduate programs, and we see this when um, they're sort of negotiating jobs. They're saying, they're, they're saying, I want to do either a small piece or the whole edge program at my, on my campus. Well, is this campus open to that? I'm involved in this type of experience, and they want to be at a place that supports that. So even if, you know, the four of us aren't touching various departments and directors of departments directly, our edgers are, and it really is branching out. And I think that really reflects the impact that we're having on the community. Yeah, then uh, one last one last question uh, for all of you. And if you could uh, just Tell me if if there is uh, kind of like one thing in, in the kind of mathematical uh, world right now that like you could you could change uh, in order to you know make it better and more um, inclusive and and a better community. What would that thing be? I'll start because I'd like to follow up on what, on the last question with this, and that is uh, you know the the mathematics community has not always embraced this idea that we that we are pursuing here. Of providing this special support for women and, and underrepresented students, and so funding has always been a challenge for this, for to get funding to continue the edge program. So I am so pleased that what Amy and Yurka have done is to start an edge foundation to try to give more solid financial footing to the edge program. What I hope is that the mathematics community will embrace that the necessity to keep for the short term and maybe for a longer term to keep providing support for students, who, for women and other students who are underrepresented in the math community. I guess I'd like to see mathematicians change the way they judge or see mathematical promise or talent. I guess the 
problem is that what works for judging the 1%, the top 1%, whatever that means, produces some very strange results when you apply that to everyone. You know, there, there may be, you know, it may make sense to look for certain things, you know, if you're, you know, at, at certain institutions, I, I don't know. But if you, if you go out and you become a faculty member and you apply those values and standards to incoming graduate students, you're going to get a very strange and, in my view, an incorrect pool of students, and it, it, it's cutting out a lot of potential and talent that I think a, a slightly more open mind about who can succeed would really contribute a lot to changing that. And I'll, and I'll um, add to that and also echo what Sylvia said about, you know, I would like it to be that that all of us mathematicians, when we walk into a room and we see, you know, them all being you know, white or whatever men that that we feel like that's wrong. And in order to get there, we need to change our our ideas about how, you know how we what we think will be a good say addition to our faculty or how do we talk to our students about why diversity in our in our learning groups and in our classes is important. And we need to to develop tools for having those dialogues and also some honesty in in how in how we're perpetuating really unfair and not very effective practices in developing you know human capital in our country and it, it really just boils down to not excluding underrepresented groups i mean i really do think mathematical communities all mathematical communities, including the ones that are sort of exclusively white and male, those are formed, you know, intentionally. I mean, because you reach out to someone and invite them to a workshop. You reach out to someone and you invite them to your campus and stuff. So if we just open up, if, you know, all groups open up to being intentional about inviting all groups to the table, I think we'll all figure out that how valuable it is well i want to thank you all for coming on to strongly connecting components and talking to me today thank you sure thanks you're welcome it's been a pleasure And that is all the time that we have for this episode of Strongly Connected Components. To find out more information about my guests and about the EDGE program, please head on over to acmescience.com where you'll find a post all about this episode. And if you have any feedback or you want to suggest a guest uh, or tell me really anything about mathematical podcasts, such as, say, pitching a new podcast to the Acme Science Network, please send me an email at my personal email account, samuel at acmescience.com. Really, I, I actually am looking for pitches, so if you got one, send it my way. The music on this show is, as always, from Hard and Firm. We got the Pi song to open things up, and right now I'm talking over Science CTNs, The Ants Go Jumping. You can find them over at SoundCloud. And this podcast is a Creative Commons Attribution share-alike licensed show, which means that you can remix my voice to make it say pretty much whatever you want as long as you attribute the original files 
to Acme Science and me, Samuel Hansen. Uh, and we we still don't seem to have any, so uh, we, we want some reviews over on iTunes. Head on over. Give us reviews. I'll thank you. Like, right now. I'd be thank you right now if you did this last week. So if you do it next week uh, or really any time before I release the next episode, I'll check it right before I record this outro. And... I will put your name right here, me saying thank you, and, and don't you want me saying your name and, and thank you with it and talking about how wonderful and amazing you are. Or if you give me one star, still I'll say you're wonderful and amazing because I promised, but it, it, will, it will hurt in my heart. Really, it will. So please give us an iTunes review. Please email me pitches for mathematical or science podcasts if you want to host a show. Uh, Send me, send me the pitch, Samuel at AcmeScience.com, and make sure to find out more information about Edge over at the post for this show at AcmeScience.com. Really, just AcmeScience.com. That's that's where it's at. And check out Science Starring Society, Relative to Crime, and all the other great shows. And I'm not really supposed to say this yet, but there's going to be a new show coming, and it won't be hosted by me. Exciting, right? Well, if you're not excited, I don't know what's wrong with you. Everyone, have a math terrific week. Bye. <laughs>